me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome. Yeah, and by the way, Badass, are you going to answer my answer my question about the color scheme you wanted to change your My Rise to, or are you going to ignore that? When you when you answer that, I'll read your text. Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, HIAC Talk Radio. Have a lot to catch up on for the historian. Uh, but I did want to add two things. And 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 if you're watching the live feed, Craig just kind of teased it a little bit. So I'm going to go full on into it. My favorite thing to do is when Craig previews a movie two weeks before it comes out, is to ask him how it went so he can give me non-direct answers because he can't fucking answer the question. But I'm going to do it anyway. I didn't ask anything. Scroll up. Yes, I did. Um, yes, I did. I'll screenshot it for you. Uh, what's the color scheme you wanted me to change your main tights to in my eyes, please? I forgot from last night. Um, Craig saw the flash. What can't you tell me about this movie, Craig? I What can I tell you is a whole lot. But what I can tell you, Dan, I can give you my review, my non-spoiler review of the flash. You ready? I'm ready. For all of the delays, for all of the scenes that were cut, for the human piece of garbage that is Ezra Miller, and for the headaches that he's caused this franchise, all this wrapped up in the movie The Flash, two words, worth it. Wow. Wow. Worth it. Absolutely worth it. I'm not excusing Ezra Miller's behavior at all. Um, the movie opens nationwide June 16th. He's not doing any press for it, which is very wise. Um, but he's is he still has several, you know, outstanding cases against him um that could possibly tank the franchise. But for this go-around, for him starring in his first major motion picture, and he's the he's for better for worse, he's the franchise. There's no more Henry Cable. There's no more Gal Gadot. There's no more Ben Affleck, whether you like him or not, as Batman. Um, going forward, all those characters that I just mentioned, who were the best characters, the best actors for those characters, you could humanly that are humanly possible. None of them are going to be in the in the DC universe going forward. Ezra Miller is a franchise, so and he's a garbage human being, which I mentioned earlier. But for this movie, carrying his first starring role in a major motion picture franchise going forward, he's the he's a franchise now. He knocked that out of the park. This movie is worth it. It's the most the other only other thing I'm gonna say, Dan, it's the most Marvel DC movie you'll ever see. Great, and it's the one that Badash and I have decided we're not going to because of what a clusterfuck that 
Warner Brothers is. And uh, and I, and I was, just full disclosure, yeah. Craig did not yeah. pay money to see this. And that's why I saw it, because and that's I, why I saw it. <laughs> and, I, and I'm on your side. I do not support. I will not give Ezra Miller a dime of my money um, yeah. for what he represents. Um, for the vo- those of you who can divorce the, the actor from the role or the person from the the actor. Um, that's fine. It's like I'm a, I'm a fan of the Flash, or I'm a fan of superhero movies, or I like DC. It looks really good, so I'm gonna go see it. I understand. Or if you're on the other side, like a lot of my friends, like you and and Bad Ash and uh, other people are online. Uh, I think Ezra Miller's you know human piece of garbage, and he doesn't deserve any type of notoriety. So I'm not going to see the Flash. I support that too. Um, but I did see it. Can unsee it. I'm glad I did see it. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad I did see it. Um, If you um, see either now or a year from now to stream it for free on whatever platform it's on, Max, most um, uh, probable, um, then let me know what you think. But until then, I'm not saying a word. Oh, Omega Squad's here. Justifiable Dustin 2 is here. I call him Dustin 2. uh, very what's the uh, affectionately because Dustin, who I've known for many many years, my friend Dustin from the company we used to work at, call it rhymes with Flamflast, and they give it pick pibibi uh, service, uh, and they don't care. Um, uh, is here as well, so I call him Dustin too. Uh, Omega Squad says, "Meh, I'm over the DCU and Marvel, Marvel mostly." Uh, Dustin has said, I still haven't seen Guardians Volume 3. Please see that. I'll probably be seeing it again this weekend. And Badass says, the only reason Ezra signed up to play The Flash because they thought they got to flash unsuspecting people. Hey! Uh, he also let me know when... <laughs> Ash says, let me know when Batgirl is out. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yes. Uh, I, yes, and for those wondering how bitter I am about that, very. Still am. And um, I've been told by a pregnant woman who is pregnant and holds that over uh, trans people because uh, trans women can't get pregnant, uh, says because of my hairline is why I'm bitter. And no, it's because I'm Italian. <laughs> Comes with a There's difference. A difference. Yeah. There is a, there is a difference. Uh, there I said is a that, huge difference. There is a huge difference. I said this on the, the live podcast I did on uh, when I did comic book gurus on Saturday. We got into a discussion. We were doing Marvel versus DC and, you know, having sure. a debate. But I said, um, the, the Batgirl movie is is out there, is somewhere. Um, somebody so has it. got it. Yeah, because some because it's been shown. Um, so yeah. I don't know if it's in a in a vault in, in some studio execs vault in his home on an island where they hunt humans. And it's, you know, right next to the Ark of the Covenant or whatever. It's it exists. Um, just like r- right now, or you can get a copy of that c- tremendously awful 1990 Fantastic Four movie oh, that's out that. there. So if that's out there and living this age of technology, Batgirl is going to be out there. Back, I'm sorry, I'm saying Batgirl is still out there. Batgirl will be seen by hum- by human beings. At there some is point. a loophole that will be meant where that will come out. I guarantee. Yeah, I, I really guarantee that. But until then, I'm not fucking uh, not a dime. Let's pass Ezra. Yeah, not a fucking dime. WB zero. Yeah, 
And uh, Badass, there is no Batgirl, but there is a Supergirl. And if they're going the forward with her franchise, she's that's something to keep your eye on. Great song by XTC, if you haven't heard it. Supergirl. Yes. Supergirl. I'm Supergirl, and I'm here to save the world, but I want to know who's going to save me. Hey, Craig, there's a new Universal title uh, getting on the subject. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. Um, I guess if they would have just kept it that color in the first place, I know everybody's making jokes about the big logo. I, I, I don't. That doesn't bother me. Of all the things that bother me about wrestling, <laughs> that that's not it. one of them. That's not one of them. That's not one of them. Uh, the Suicide Squad is the best thing DC has done in years. That's Dustin. I, I mean, it's up there. And I'm not saying DC movies are a low bar, but it was it was very well done. Um, it just begs a question. Um, why did you have to make another one? Um, that could have been uh, a sequel. I like both. I, I like the, the second I like one was them, great. Yeah, I like them both, but you wasted Marco Quinn, Marco Robbie in two movies. Where, hey, Marco, we all do yeah. what you meant. Yeah, but I mean, you wasted her. You had her for three movies, and you wasted her. Done. Uh, so you could have had three different. That those could have been all three connected, and the best Harley Quinn you're ever going to get, and uh, and you blew it. But yes, this the Suicide Squad. Great film. I enjoyed it. The Batman is the best thing DC has done. And that's from Ash. Um, I, I, I will have to go ahead. I'm sorry, Craig. I was watching it before we went on the air. Uh, I love it. I saw it in the theater three times and it's a long ass movie. So that's how testament how it's good it is. Time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watch when it's on HBO. Um, that's your opinion. Uh, you think it's the best one uh, ever? Great. Uh, it's a, It's a fine film. I was she not on board with it, now. but um, yeah, um, yes. I yeah, I thought it was. I I have to say, see it again. I don't, I don't have a strong enough opinion to be honest. I was very ADD the day I watched that. I get it. So I cannot. I know I kind of crapped on it before, and I ain't crap on it. I was just <laughs> saying, eh. Yeah, but I will have to watch it again. Really, to be fair, I, yeah. I have to watch it again. I, I would uh, wholeheartedly to uh, encourage you to just watch it when you have free time, when you you know realize you're not doing anything for two hours and you can devote your full attention to it. Please give it a look. Um, I think it's shot incredibly well. It's a it's a, a crime story. It's a lot like The Dark Knight. It's not a superhero movie. It's a it's a crime drama. Um, it really goes to it's Batman year two, but it focuses on Batman being the world's greatest detective to finish uh yes understood i uh, to finish up what dustin said about the best thing dc has done in years see i am the outlier because i fucking loved Zack snyder me too the, the snyderverse um the i am not as insane as those fucking people that are like i must breathe inside of this hashtag um I enjoyed the hell out of that. Yeah. I am very, I'm, I'm, I am very bummed out that I'm not going to see the end of that. Yes, I. That's that's really hey. difficult. That was the first pill, difficult pill to swallow from 
WBDC and, and now everything that's come after. I'm like, eh, I don't care. Well, that's why Restore the Snyderverse is a thing because you're yeah. not alone, Dan. Um, I is um to echo to paraphrase what you know, badass said the Batman was his favorite. Everything that the Snyderverse did was my favorite DC. I uh, loved it again. The the uh, the uncut Justice League version, the four hour version, best movie yes. DC's ever Fuck done. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Um. The the first Wonder Woman, absolutely. Um. Perfect. Epic. Um. Didn't like Fuck everything about. I like the 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 uh, uncut version of Batman v Superman. Uh, not yes, the, the only the one I version. Yeah. Yep. But that was the best version of Batman that's ever been committed to film, in my opinion. What? Which is why Ben Affleck is my Batman, and nothing against Michael Keaton, but. He's the most comic accurate Batman that's ever been put on film. Um, so yes, everything Zack Snyder did, I was very sad to see go. And because DC couldn't get their head out of their ass for the first 12 years of their existence, they have to start over where they could have just built on what they already had and gone forward with that. But you know, Bunch of assholes. Here we are. Here we are. Uh, here we are. Well, there yeah. it was. And talking about universal uh, belts. Oh, uh, what a segue, you segue. son of a bitch. Go then, for it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about now we're, the, Seth, the holder of the third belt. Now we have three belts now um, with Seth holding the other one. Uh, last week, uh, me, you, and Omega Squad, uh, toward the tail end of our podcast, said, well, you know, Vince, I, Vince is still in charge. And we said, well, Vince isn't backstage anymore, but he's like, um, I guess calling stuff in from his remote, you know, island somewhere. Yeah, wow. But I have to remind you guys, um, when you look at the landscape of WWE now, Seth just became champion. Asuka just became champion. Rhea's already champion. Gunther's champion. Uh, Ronda and Sh um, Shayna just became tag team champions. Those are all Triple H guys. Triple H is still running the show there. Vince can suggest all he wants, but for what we're seeing right now and the fact that LA Knight just got a huge win on TV and is now looking at it as a, a dark horse to win money in the bank, that wouldn't be a Vince move. No, no, Vince would... Well, first of all, Vince would have shoved LA Knight down her throats already. <laughs> no pun intended. Or is it? Um... I don't yet. I, I understand what you're saying. 100% mm -hmm. get it. Also, Badass says, Welcome to HIAC, the Nerd Herder special. Well, Nerd Herder might not happen this week. So <laughs> we were getting out. Yes. Whose move it was out. it to hi not hire me? Whose move was it to not hire you? Probably Vince. Yeah. He knew he yeah. couldn't. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Um. I don't like him being there. I I don't care. I, I I'm fine. And I don't care that triple H is, is calling the shots. The idea that he's right around the corner bothers me. It bothers me because, you know, I had a conversation with Dean on Twitter about Hogan and accountability. And, and he brought up, well, you know, is somebody not allowed to get better? And, and I'm like, well, what did you do to get better? Everybody yeah. has this big, 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 big ball sack talk about. Um, and this is not towards Dean. I'm talking about wrestling Twitter, wrestling fan. 
Uh, everybody has this big, huge fucking idea about accountability and it'll be okay. Well, what did he do? Yeah. What did he do? He got millions of dollars off of Gawker. What lesson did he learn? Don't get caught. Yeah. Do I think Hulk Hogan runs around his house yelling the N-word? No, I don't. I honestly don't think he's that bad of a person. He's a rat, lying bastard who screwed over a lot of wrestlers in the day. On paper, it's yeah. it's in the history mm-hmm. and fuck him. I don't care. But yes, of course, there's a, you're allowed to be a better person. Where? If it was you or me or anybody else who was just a peon, not one of the boys, uh, we would have been strung up by their ankles at this point. No, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> um, back to the Vince McMahon thing. Thank God I didn't ADD out of that totally. <laughs> I was close. We were, we were just. And Hulk Hogan dropped me on my head on a chair. Huh? Are you, are you Ric Flair? Anyway. Um, Vince. Mm-hmm. I don't know near it. The snooker thing, covering up rape many times, I, you know, less so paying off women to, but like, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I'll, I'll say it. He has nothing, to, he has nothing to offer wrestling anymore. This is not a big shocker, folks. Man has nothing to offer us. Go home. <laughs> I don't want his ideas, and I know I don't matter in that way. I don't want his fucking ideas near it. I don't want his old network near it. Go away. Pronto. Get the fuck, get the fuck out. That's just how I feel about it. I'm tired of that. Paul is going to die before Vince, and we're never going to get a new era. And he's going to sell to whatever they're, what do they call it? What are they calling it? What did Chris say it was last week? Was it Predator? Or... That makes sense. <laughs> no, I Predator, forget, I, that's that figures. No, I honestly forgot what he called it. They're merging yeah. with UFC. I was uh, it figures. That's what yeah. it is. Because <laughs> like you, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't. As long as I listen, as long as I keep my network, TKO Inc. Thank you. Yeah, okay, slightly different than Predator, but it was close enough. Thank you, Badass. Thank you, Badass. Uh, as long as I keep the network in some shape or form. And I don't care if I got to go back to paying nine 99 or whatever it was. Um, I, 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 I don't care. Other than that. Don't really give a shit. Um, yeah, yeah. that's it. So that universal is really awesome looking. I guess they should have just had it gold in the first place. Scatter brain. Scatter brain. Well, see now we're back to Vince because, um, the fact that we have a, a third belt, that's all Vince. It's like we're gonna shake things up, we're gonna make it so you know we give the fans uh, a champion on TV every week. Just make Roman wrestle on TV every week. Um, I I I don't get it. Um, why we need a, a third belt, or all you're saying is that we can't beat there's nobody who can beat Roman. We don't have any other ideas, but we want to have a champion on TV every week, so We'll make this the the 
World Heavyweight Intercontinental Championship belt. Have him lose. Yeah, yeah, just have him lose. Just take it off him. If if he can't work a full schedule, then take it off him. Oh, but yeah, but we still want to do the bloodline thing, and we got to okay. break up the Usos and Solo and stuff. And that doesn't work if Roman's not champion. Sure okay. does. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't the- want him to lose either, but at least have him there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, the whole third, the whole second belt thing is, and if you're you're building it up to have a show with the this world champion have a showdown with Roman to unify the belts, the belts were already unified. Yeah, but now he doesn't have to carry it. So dumb. Um, speaking of um, not so dumb, I texted you this week urging you to watch a show that's on. Tonight, episode two is on tonight. Did you watch episode one of the yes. new season of Dark Side of the Ring? Yes, which um, means about... I skipped about six other episodes of the first season. <laughs> the second season. I That's okay. Watched. As long as you... It was hard to get past. Once you get to Grizzly Smith, I'm like, I don't want to. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you need a shower after that. Uh, but... A shower. Relaxing, yeah. But um, Chris Candido a... and Tammy Sitch. Yeah, this. <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, I know you're going to be shocked here. There's a lot that I did not know about. Yeah. Um, did you work with Chris? Just sit, no, never. Unfortunately, I never, never saw, I met Chris, never, never was in the locker room with him. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, that guy was gone way too soon. Oh, yes. I mean, anybody that young has gone too way too soon, but mm-hmm. yeah, this is the sunny episode. Um, uh, sunny. Man, I, and I don't mean how sad, and I'm so sad because my penis can't get hard to her anymore, which is how most people react. Um, Still got that raw magazine, though. Mm-hmm. Then the pages don't stick together for those thinking it. I was very prolific, um, um, beyond popular belief. The That person, mm-hmm. and Jim Cornette, who I try not to go to um, examples for because he is also a C-word, uh, <laughs> said it years ago. She's a C-word. Yeah. And he meant that in the nicest way possible, which in that company, oof, I, I, uh, there are, there are things going on there that Bam Margera can't even, like it's not even, that bad for him at this point <laughs> and it's just i don't know I, I don't know that was there was a lot to take in about that you'll get your thoughts where you can actually put in coherent thought i have to watch it again because there's just a lot there's just a lot i agree she I, should not have been in w on tv in 2000 i'll say that no uh and it was a hard that it was only an hour because honestly you could do an hour just on Chris and an, and an hour just on Tammy. I mean, they both needed their own, but the fact that they were, you know, they, they broke into the business together. They can't, you, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Um, I'd rather talk about Chris Candido because of the superior talent that he was um, and that he gets the opportunity on to live out his dream of being a WWE superstar and they saddle him with the stupidest fucking gimmick, just like they did with everyone in the WWE in the 90s. 
Uh, well, everyone needed an occupation. Yeah, and, and Mick V even said everybody needed an occupation in WWE. You had to be a, a, a garbage truck driver or a former hockey player or an IRS agent or a prison guard or and yeah, here they were they were fitness gurus. Uh, Body Donna's a great name. You know, I guess the brawling brutes were taken. Um, but uh, he he immediately liked Chris Candido because um, Vince has always been in love for some reason. Not for some reason, I get it, but uh, Mighty Mouse. He wants <laughs> he he loves the tiny guys to make them out to be like Superman. He tried that with Crash Holly. He even tried it with Taz uh, to make him indestructible, you know. But he didn't really uh, give Taz a lot of time, though. Yeah, um, but he liked that with with Chris Candido. He wanted um, him to be a, a Mighty Mouse type character because Chris was strong as hell, um, and you know could do everything in the ring. But he's saddled with a stupid gimmick, uh, and you bring Sonny along, uh, who's perfect in her role. Um. And I think what Mick Foley said was very telling. Uh, Chris didn't get along with key people in the organization. Key people meaning the clique. Um, if you didn't get around, if those douchebags didn't like you, they can make life bad for you. And um, in the company at the time, and that's exactly what they did, just like they did with everyone else that they didn't get along with. And Chris, I mean, you had the clique, you had the... Uh, um, Oh, who was the Undertaker's group with um the headbangers and BSK or whatever the fuck? Yeah, yeah, the BSK group and everyone was paired up. Home Street Crew or whatever. Yeah, stupid name. And Chris and here Chris Candido comes from the Indies, who's on his own. He didn't have any friends in the locker room. He didn't know anyone when he got there. All he all he knew was Sonny, and they just knew each other. That's okay. Yeah. Well, then it was okay. But Tom Pritchard made no bones about the fact that he hated how much he hated cutting his hair and dyeing it blonde and being a body Donna and being or skip and zip. Um, yeah. Oh, just and zip and zip. Yeah. One of the many stupid game. Um, but this, he was a superior talent. He could have, if he could have just been like we said about so many other people. As soon as he left WWE and went to ECW, formed the you know the the Jersey Triad, uh, you got to see who he, the Chris Candido who he really was. You know, everything he can do. I mean, a top rope power bomb. Come on, who does that? And can and can make Chris it look Candido that good. Does. Yeah, and uh. In his working, but I mean, great on the mic, great uh, in the ring. The guy could just do everything, and he just got a raw deal. And Sonny was all at was out for Sonny. Uh, Tammy was always out for Tammy. Uh, I didn't know the extent of her relationship with Shawn Michaels, but that Dark Side of the Ring episode really brought that to light. So when Shawn accused Brett of having sunny days, it was actually him that was. Uh, having the, the sunny days and um that became her her downward slide uh with the fame i mean she was on cable she was on other shows i mean on wwe then she show up on singled out on mtv and then she show up on 
um, Inside Edition, and she show up on another um, cable show where she was uh, a guest. I forget whose show it was on. Damn it! Well, um, didn't matter. She was everywhere. Yeah, she was everywhere. Yeah, and that fed her addiction to not only fame but to uh, pills. It started her her downward spiral, and we said on this very podcast. You know, when she uh, left the WWE and her career went nowhere and uh, the DUI started and the arrest started, I said I didn't have any sympathy for um, Tammy because she did all this to herself. But then she killed someone. And it's now it's like she's no longer a reclamation project. She's no longer someone that you can root for to get better because this is someone who should never have had been behind the wheel of anything, had no license, and she killed someone. Um, she also is a Nazi sympathizer now. Now, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> now it's out there. <laughs> well, there were there were indicators. I remember she did one of those um, the shoot interviews um, on YouTube, and she was coming clean with the people that she had been with and. In wrestling and who were rumored because there was no internet back then. I mean, the internet was in its infancy, so we didn't know. So, you know, she said, who were you into? Bret Hart she said, no. Shawn Michaels, no. And someone brought up um, Flash Funk, Too Cold Scorpio, and she went, oh, no. I don't like chocolate. Mm, no. Pass. Oh. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> no one then. fine, but yeah, no, I don't like chocolate. Like, huh. All right, then. Guess her time with um, Farouk when that wasn't all that, you know, sunny for uh, Ron Simmons. That was dark. Yeah, kind of dark. Hey, 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 uh, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, just real quick, I don't yes. know if you're interested or ever played this game on PlayStation, but NBA 2K23 is now uh, free on PlayStation Plus. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's downloading right now. Right now. Right. Nice. Now, noise. 20%. Hey, noise. Now. And now. Uh, noise. No, and now. Uh, tonight's episode, which I will be looking at as soon as this podcast is over with, is one I've been anxiously looking forward to. Um, it's the uh, the career of uh, Magnum TA. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. That's going to be great. Man, th- what a what a waste. You know, we we talk about, you know, we just talked about the last time we uh, did a story and we talked about David Von Erich and the uh, the Parade of what Champions and um, what could have been. And, you know, we talk about guys that, you know, could have had great careers. And, you know, we mentioned Gino Hernandez uh, or even a, a Chris Candido. But the guys that were, on, for all intents and purposes, going to be NWA champions, there was David Von Erich and there was Magnum T.A., um and uh, yeah and uh, tonight's episode you know we're going to hear from you know Jim Cornette and uh, Nikita Koloff and uh, the people that that knew him best and uh, as always I would just want to see the early stuff uh, sure. and the mid south stuff but yeah the the NWA early Magnum um but I mean we talked about David Von Erich dying and the ripple effect that had through professional wrestling. Dan, if if Magnum hadn't been in that car accident and he would have gotten the NWA, there may have not been a sting. Because Correct. that void that Magnum created for a top babyface was filled admirably 
admirably by Sting. But if Magnum were there, there probably would not have been a need. It would have been Magnum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Magnum would have been on top by the time Sting got there. Don't don't remind me. (laughs) Don't remind me. Thanks a lot. No. Uh, no, I know. Magnum's incredible. Uh, one of the first things I do when I get a new uh, WWE game, when uh, Community Creations go online, is grab an Arn Anderson, a Tully, and a Magnum. Yeah. Get them in there. Get them in there. I want to see Magnum kicking the shit out of somebody on a Royal Rumble randomly. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're quickly running out of time. So, yes. we still have to, excuse me, play catch-up. Since we're talking about the old days, we're going to transition right into <laughs> Wrestling Historian. Go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, uh, children of all ages, we are back finally covering some lost ground. You know, we spent so much time in the present. We neglect the past and we cannot neglect the past because if you those who fail to uh, recognize the past are doomed to repeat it. But we are going to repeat it. I'm looking at you, South. I'm looking at you, South, um, <laughs> over and over again, because this is a segment where we look back constantly the glory days of professional wrestling when it was fun when ratings did matter when people watch wrestling on network tv and on basic cable in the millions not in the hundred thousands uh when arenas and uh high school gymnasiums coliseums were packed to the gills in all 50 states uh when world champions could wrestle on other world champions cards and the true winners would be the fans. This, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Uh, we're going to go back. I don't know how far back you want to go, um, but we're going to go back to May 29th. Houston, Texas, 1977, at a Paul Bosch promotion um, and the Sam Houston Coliseum. Um, we had the AWA heavyweight champion, Nick Bockwinkle. Go to a time limit draw with the Texas champion, Jose Supersock Lothario. Also, the WWWF heavyweight champion, superstar Billy Graham, defeated the Alaskan Mike York. This is in a Texas ring, an NWA ring. Unfortunately, Terry (laughs) Funk's opponent couldn't make it. Terry Funk's opponent that night? Supposed to be the NWA heavyweight champion, Harley Race. Harley Race had a problem with his plane. So taking his place, pulling double duty, would be the AWA champion, Nick Bockwinkle, who went to a draw with Terry Funk. Had Harley Race not had a, a plane snafu, you would have had in Houston, Texas, an NWA arena. On May 29th, 1977, the WWF champion, the NWA champion, and the AWA champion on the same card. Unbelievable. Thus, thus history was ruined. Ruined. But, I mean, could you imagine right now if the if MJF was on the same card as Seth Rollins in, uh, in Florida or in Texas? No, the mind wobbles. But May 29th must have been a day for champions to congregate because in 1977, you had the AWA, the NWA, and the uh, WWF on the same card in Houston. While on May 29th, 1984, it was actually called the Night of Champions 
at the Brendan Burns Meadowlands Arena. The NWA making its debut in the Northeast. He had the national, Georgia national heavyweight champion, Ronnie Garvin, defeated Jake the Snake Roberts. The Georgia national tag team champions, the Road Warriors, defeated the team of King Kong Bundy and the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. The WWC heavyweight champion, Puerto Rico, Carlos Colon, defeated the NWA TV champion, Tully Blanchard, and going 32 minutes for the first time in the Northeast, Ricky Steamboat went up against the NWA heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. First time. First time. First time of 20 more times. But the first time on this side of the country. This is the first Flair Steamboat match that took place that ever took place in the Northeast, in New York. A month later, they come to Philly and do it all over again. Went 35 minutes. But this was in this was in WWF territory that the NWA had its first big card, and they brought everyone from Georgia, Mid-Atlantic, Puerto Rico. Bob Costas was the ring announcer. So it was a big deal. Um, but that wow. all took place May 29th, 1984. I, I'm not going to dwell on it because we, we did an episode last year where he extensively talked about this feud. Man, if you want to see what it's what to do in a wrestling match, those two wrestling yeah. each other, Ricky and Rick. Yeah, Rick and Ricky. Uh, unfortunately, some of the greatest matches uh, have been lost uh, to there. There's some on YouTube, but not a lot. Considering them, the number of times that they wrestled, uh, the matches were never committed to film. Um, and a lot of the footage, even the footage you see now on YouTube is very grainy. But uh, those two guys started wrestling each other in, back in 1977. Um, they had their Zenith in 78 for the United States Championship. So the matches that a lot of you remember from 1989, Clash of Champions, was a full 10 years after their their initial run and the matches in 89 were still considered the greatest of all time. So imagine what they, how good they were 10 years earlier. Um, yeah. Steamboat I and Flair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steamboat and Flair are, they are the benchmark for, uh, for great. You want the five-star matches, Flair and Steamboat, pick one, flip a coin. There you go. Uh, June 1st, 1976. Dan doesn't get a lot of credit for the benchmark that it is in professional wrestling history because the ramifications are still being felt to this day. Um, 1976, um, wrestling was at a zenith. Um, it was voted uh, the third. It wasn't voted. It was. Numbers bear this out. It was the third most watched spectator sport in North America behind yeah. baseball and college football. Uh, it was professional wrestling. Uh, major month. That's why we spent so much time talking to wrestling historian back in the golden year, back in the glory days, because 76 uh, wrestling was selling out in every arena across the country. And one of the fans of those matches were of wrestling um, was the world's heavyweight boxing champion at the time who saw an opportunity to, um, 
further his not further his career, but to make a splash. So he wanted to fight a wrestler. The most popular, not only not only the most popular athlete in the world at the time, the most recognizable person on earth, Muhammad Ali, was in Hamburg, Pennsylvania for a TV taping, sitting front row during a match between Gorilla Monsoon and from the Isle of Malta, Baron Mikel Sakluna. They introduced Muhammad Ali to ringside. He's the world heavyweight champion, the world heavyweight boxing champion. Again, not the most popular athlete, not only the most popular athlete in the world, the most popular person on earth. And during a ma- during this match, Gorilla Monsoon chops Baron McCluna, Baron Mikel Sakluna over the top rope, and Ali immediately stands up and starts pointing at Gorilla Monsoon, start doing the, the famous Ali talk. And just out of nowhere, he starts taking off his jacket. And Vi- young Vince McMahon on commentary, on commentary, what is this? Muhammad oh, shit. <laughs> putting the bad mouth on Gorilla Monsoon and he starts taking off his jacket, then takes off his shirt, takes off his tie. Now, what? What is this? Wait a minute. And my favorite part of this whole video, Dan, if you see it, is Baron Mikel Sakluna, who's still in the match. The referee hasn't counted, just goes and just walks back to the dressing room. I quit. <laughs> and Muhammad Ali gets in the ring with Gorilla Monsoon. And uh, starts taunting him, starts throwing a few jabs. And Gorilla, to his credit, folks, I know you know Gorilla Monsoon as one of the great commentators of all time alongside his partner, Bobby Heenan. But Gorilla Monsoon was 6'5", legit 400 pounds, and was a major athlete himself. So when Ali was peppering with jabs, Gorilla was sideswiping him and even taking a few of them and just kind of brushed them off until... Ali put his hand out, gave him the bad mouth. Gorilla took him and gave Muhammad Ali an airplane spin and dumped him on his back. And uh, that's when they separated the two. And Gorilla did a post-match interview with Vince McMahon where you can actually you can see where the announcer and him would come out. This guy doesn't know a wristlock from a wristwatch. How can he get in a ring with a wrestler? Uh, and that made national headlines. Yeah. Um, all over the the country, uh, Muhammad Ali got into a ring with a wrestler. Even on Wild World of Sports, they said, and they're coming up next, we're going to see Gorilla Monsoon versus Muhammad Ali. And I thought, oh, my God, they're actually going to wrestle in a fight? And they just showed the clip that had been shown on every news outlet across the country of Gorilla Monsoon airplane spinning Muhammad Ali. That was June 1st, uh, as we will get to in a future historian. That was the 1st of June. At the end of June, Muhammad Ali was in the ring with a wrestler. That wrestler would be Antonio Inoki. That card would, in fact, be the first, quote-unquote, WrestleMania. But it started June 1st, 1976, with Muhammad Ali getting into the ring with Gorilla Monsoon, boxer versus wrestler, celebrity in professional wrestling, before Andy Kaufman, before Cindy Lauper, before Jay Leno, it was Muhammad Ali. And that for that reason alone, 
Muhammad Ali. Of all the people we talk about, Dan, that should be in the, the WWE Hall of Fame, even though we both know it's a joke, why Muhammad Ali isn't in there, I have no idea. Muhammad Ali, with Ned, this is not his first time in wrestling. He spent a lot of time with wrestlers. Makes no sense to me. I mean, he he was a regular, even if it was just at ringside, he was a regular from then to well deep into WCW. And he was nowhere near it. Yeah. And he's the one who said that Gorgeous George was the one who inspired him uh, to be flamboyant and outspoken because he watched Gorgeous George on TV and he said he couldn't believe. He said, but no, but they, they're booing and they hate him. He said, I can't believe so many people paid money to come and boo this man. And Muhammad Ali is and will always be the greatest heel in the history of sports. You know, people say they hate LeBron, they hate Tom Brady. Yeah, that's, you, you don't, you may not like, no, people hated Muhammad Ali. People paid money through the news, through the nose to see him get beat. Muhammad Ali got death threats. Muhammad Ali was threatened every single time he went out to fight. From black folks too. Yeah. His match with Joe Frazier had the entire black community torn. Um, because they thought A, he was an embarrassment, and B, how could you make fun of Joe Frazier? He's he's one of us. And Yes, so greatest heel in the history of sports, Muhammad Ali. No one even, there's no one even comes close to being a bad guy. You may hate LeBron, you may hate Tom Brady, but you know they're good. They're good people. They're people that you, you know, if you saw them on the street, you wouldn't spit at, you know, or you wouldn't threaten. You say, "Oh, look, God, that's LeBron James. Oh, hey, that's Tom Brady. Muhammad Ali." I hate you. Yes. Spit in your face. <laughs> I will slap you so fast you won't even see the slap coming. <laughs> is it okay to do an impression of him? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you, what do you think Billy Crystal did? How do you think he has a career? Well, that was in the 70s. This is okay. 2023. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, our old friend Steve doesn't even go, yeah, anymore when he mentions yeah. the word black. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can't do that, really. <laughs> but if I don't do blackface and I just go, First of all, I can't talk like that, man. No, not many people can. Mm-mm. A lot of people were comparing The Rock when he was on. Um, apparently not. He still does it. He still does the impression. Who does? Billy Crystal. Oh, of Ali? Yeah, yeah. All right. That's what I made mean, him. He had Mah- I was gonna say he had Ali's uh, 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 blessing, right? Yeah, he did it in yeah. front of Ali many times. I've seen that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh great. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he's not in the uh Hall of Fame when other I I, I don't know. Yeah. Wait, he what's was... going on? Hold on. Uh Ash in here keeping Dan in line. Oh, nice song. Didn't need to hear what happened. What was playing? How long was that playing for? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, we, oh, you motherfucker. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I can see that now. Fuck, I forgot to mute that. 
Every time I was loading up the fucking game, they heard it. How how much did that ruin the show? How long was that happening? The entire fucking episode? God damn it. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't matter. I recorded another thing. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. It won't be on the final. As long as it's not on the final product, I don't give a shit. I was loading up a bunch of stuff playing, you know, with the PS5 while I wasn't talking. And um, I forgot that I didn't mute it on because I use it as an alternate camera angle when I'm not doing the podcast. Uh, and I've just muted. So I fixed that now. So, uh, no, we're talking about your audio. You know, we can hear all your games. No, because he's still doing it. <laughs> so my bad. I was totally confused. Craig, it will not affect the final show. Uh, I'm not editing this out either. either. The live show. Ha- this is This is why you watch the live show, because. You have little moments where I have no fucking idea what's going on. Craig, <laughs> Muhammad Ali's not in the Hall of Fame because people who run the Hall of Fame are stupid. I agree. And it's not really a Hall of Fame. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that. Um, completely arbitrary. But still, Al, uh, Vince was a great uh, was a huge Ali mark, so I don't understand why he's not in there anyway. Uh, moving on, June 2nd, maybe the most important date that per- pertains to today's professional wrestling uh, climate. And who the champion is. Uh, June 2nd, 1987. Who would know? Who who would have thought that this would be one of the most important days in professional wrestling history for what uh, occurred that day? Uh, and of all places, uh, Syracuse, New York. I'm sorry, Buffalo, <laughs> New York. Buffalo, What's New the York. fucking difference? There is none. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, June 2nd, 1987. Only two months. After competing in many, what many consider the greatest match of all time, certainly the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, uh, Savage versus Steamboat. Two months after that, Ricky Steamboat would lose his Intercontinental Championship to the Honky Tonk Man and would start the Uh... longest reign in Intercontinental Champion history. 15 months, 454 days. Um, Started June 2nd. Ricky Steamboat um, went to Vince McMahon because his wife uh, was pregnant with their first child uh, and just said, um, can I get two weeks off? Uh, And Vince said, sure. And and I'm going to strip you of the title, Pally. Well, can I, I mean, can't take the belt off you. And Rick said, okay, uh, well, you'll get it back when you come back in two weeks. Like, okay. Uh, two weeks. It took the belt off him. It turned into two months. And when he came back, no rematches. No mention of him ever being Intercontinental Champion again. And they went in a completely different direction. And Ricky Steamboat would never, uh, not only not be Intercontinental Champion again, wouldn't get a main event push again after his loss to the honky talk, which is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard. Yeah. In my life. And when you think about who has been, who was on top on and off in those years. And it's not fucking Ricky. Yeah. But uh, wow. Yeah. 
Well, you see, well, you see who the champion was at the time, and you recall at WrestleMania after WrestleMania was over, uh, what's the match that everyone was talking about? Well, all the people that came up after the match was over to show give their respect to shake hands um, wasn't the Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. It was the Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage. Whether or not Ricky Steamboat's absence had anything to do with Hulk Hogan is um, up for debate, but we saw Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage tag team. You think we would ever see a Hulk Hogan, Ricky Steamboat tag team? No, because that would expose Hogan. Yeah. Because if I'm Ricky, I'm like, I'm not changing for you, Bell. Yeah, and I guess that's the curse of Ricky Steamboat of being that good. Uh, the reason why he left the NWA because Dusty uh, was the head booker there. And Ricky wouldn't have been on top uh, long because, like we already alluded to, uh, Dusty was had, had brought in Magnum in 1985 um, and obviously had plans for him. And Ricky was just a holdover from the Jim Crockett era where he and, and Flair were on top and he and Jay Youngblood as a tag team were on top for so many years. But in 1985, it was Dusty's ball game and Dusty was your going to be your number one heel. Ricky Steamboat could have been your number two, but he was already positioning Magnum to be his number two. So where was Ricky Steamboat going to go? He went to the WWF where he has to deal with another tremendous ego in charge, namely Hulk Hogan. So I, that's, yeah. the... I'm sorry. I made fun of Hulk Hogan though. <laughs> My bad. I'm... I'm not, but uh, <laughs> June second, Fuck 19- you, Terry. Yeah, but June second, nineteen eighty-seven would start the longest reign in Intercontinental Champion history that uh, should be broken by the current champion, Walter, or as you know him, Gunta. Please, yes. Please. Although I will say, um. I will miss Santino Morella's attempt to break the record and the honkometer that he had when he came out every week. That man's career should have stopped when he didn't get out of the way of the boogeyman. Yes. But, Kept him uh, there. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I don't mean to keep on bringing up people that you hate, Dan. I'm sorry. Whatever. That. Uh, That's fine. June 4th, happy belated 50th birthday to one of the great underdogs of all time and one of the most creative booking genius moves in the history of Paul Heyman's time at ECW. Happy belated 50th birthday to Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah! Mikey! Hogan probably is the best liar in WWE history. Yeah. 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 I I can't even continue a conversation on that, pretty much. (laughs) Hard to believe he's 50. I was remember when he was a kid, I always was, you know, like gonna, gonna get hey, Mikey, he likes it. Um, is that is he now Michael Whipwreck? I, I guess <laughs> Michael, Michael Whipwreck, Whipwreckington, Rick, yeah, of the Whipwreckingtons of Philadelphia. <laughs> That's what I call Jackie Bam Bam. It's his full name, Jackford Bam Bamington the third. Bamington the third of of wherever he's from. Where the hell is he from? 
I was is he around. local? Was he born around? Yeah, he's a mummer. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only bam not on crack. Yeah. Mm. Currently, yes. Uh, also on on June fourth, another uh, significant day in professional wrestling history that uh, comes with all sorts of ramifications. Uh, June fourth, nineteen eighty six. Uh, wearing only shorts, no socks, and no helmet. Kerry Von Erich on his motorcycle runs into the back of a parked police car uh, and suffers a dislocated hip and severely damaged right foot and undergoes 13 hours of surgery. Um, and that happened uh, June 4th, 1986 in Argyle, Texas. And then she then... But she then stepped on in the middle of the night because he was on so much morphine, didn't realize he was crushing it again to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And, and it was then they af- moved it. After that, his right foot was removed. And he wrestled another seven years with one foot? With one foot. Even yeah. winning the Intercontinental Championship, the aforementioned Intercontinental Championship, right here. In the beautiful air conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum at SummerSlam 1990. Defeating a former AWA champion. Get this. Terry Von Eric, former NWA champion, defeated Kurt Henning, former AWA champion, for the Intercontinental title. Uh, yep. <laughs> Did it with a discus punch uh, and uh, became Intercontinental champion. But What was it called? What was the um, finishing hole? What was it called as the Texas Tornado? I did. Something called a discus punch. I guess it was a Did tornado. They just punch. call it a. Di- I was gonna say, was it a tornado punch? It was a tornado punch. Yeah, uh, it, it was weird. I I don't know if if Kurt had anything to do with it because, uh, Kerry, um, slingshotted him into the, to the turn post, which is the exact same move that cost him the AWA title when Jerry Lawler did it, and he came back around and then Kerry put the claw on him, and then he took off the claw and then he hit him with the tornado punch. And even though he got hit on the left side of the face, Kurt spun the right, spun the opposite direction, uh, flipped upside down, and was pinned by Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado, to be the uh, Intercontinental Champion with one foot. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, wrestled another seven years, um, unbeknownst to anyone. Well, I shouldn't say well, that. Well, except for the folks in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. That saw the boot come off when he was wrestling in sneakers, of all things. Wrestling in sneakers, Colonel De Beers. Colonel De Beers. And, uh, uh every, shit. Here, take every, that back. Yeah, every fan in attendance could see that. But, uh, yeah, so um, the, uh, unfortunately, that uh, accident also caused uh, Carrie's addiction to painkillers that was already not rampant at the time, but he obviously he had been taking medication uh, prior to that. And uh, the, uh, the amount that he took after the accident just increased. And uh, his career um, after the WWF was, was winding down. They didn't call him Kerry Von Erich. They instead wanted to call him the Texas Tornado um, after calling him the Modern Day Warrior. Uh, and he had already been arrested for um, possession, uh, I believe, of possession of cocaine. And 
because he was arrested again for forging prescriptions to get more painkillers. That was a violation of his probation. So he was looking at jail time, not significant jail time, but enough to keep him away from wrestling. And uh, the w he had been gone from the WWE at the time, and there really was no chance of him catching on to WCW. Um, that at all, uh, Fritz, Fritz had soured on the NWA well before that. Um, so it, it was options limited. Gary saw no choice. Um, he shoot himself in the chest to take his own life. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, which brings us to today, Dan, in wrestling, oh, okay. in wrestling history, <laughs> June 6th. Um, sorry, this could be a more upbeat, um, uh, Wrestling historian. We're going out with a downer, folks. Going out with a downer, folks. Uh, June 6, 1985. The cinder blocks through the window heard around the world. Uh, Waukesha. Ah. <laughs> with Dustin, Ash, if you've not heard this story, strap it. <laughs> oh, I love this. Waukesha, um, Wisconsin, after an AWA show. AWA wrestlers, Ken Patera and Mr. Saito. Uh, one of the late night snack they saw at McDonald's had their lights on. But according to the manager, they were closed. But Ken Patera, not to be outdone, saw, still insisted that because the lights were on, they should be open. And the manager assured them that while the lights are on, we are still closed. Ken Patera, despite his claim that another man came upon the scene after he had left, because he heard that the manager told him it was closed, so he promptly left. But according to Ken Patera, another man just happened upon happened on the scene, picked up one of the large rocks in front of the McDonald's entrances, and heaved it through the front door of the McDonald's. Enraged. Now keep in mind, Ken Patera has always been known as someone with a short temper. Uh, the aforementioned Jim Cornette talked about the time when Cam Batera's brief stay in Memphis. Uh, he put a, his money into the soda machine and the soda didn't come out. So Ken Batera, in a fit of rage, lifted the entire soda machine and started shaking it violently to get his soda, which at that point cost only 75 cents. Um, so when Ken Batera was told that the McDonald's was closed, he picked up a rock that was outside of the McDonald's entrance and heaved it through the front front door. The police were called. And uh, Ken Batera at this point and Mr. Saido went back to their hotel room. Um, the manager of the um, McDonald's told said this was Ken Patera, who dropped his name when he said, I'm Ken Patera, I'm a wrestler. We just want something to eat. So they found it where he was staying, and the police knocked on their hotel room door. Uh, Mr. Saido answered the door and said, no, you can't come in. Um, or Ken's not here, man. Slam. Uh, but but <laughs> the police, not to be outdone, forced their way in. And a scrum ensued um, with Ken Patera and Mr. Saido fighting 
at first two cops and then three more police officers, then two more police officers. Uh, so in the end, <laughs> Ken Patera was convicted of two counts of battery on a police officer <laughs> and one count of criminal damages uh, to property. Damn. And uh, Mr. Saido was convicted of three counts of battery. And keep in mind, these two counts, you beat up one count, one cop, that's one count of battery. You beat up another cop, that's two counts of battery. So Ken Patera took out two cops and Mr. Saido beat up three. And uh, one count of obstructing the law because when the cop knocked on the door, he shut the door and said, Ken's not here. So both Ken Patera and Mr. Saido did two years uh, in jail. Uh, Mr. Saido uh, found work in Japan uh, and eventually became the AWA champion. Ken Patera um, really didn't have that many options. And uh, he went back to, because he was tight with Finch Sr., the WWF decided to turn that into an angle of <laughs> Ken Patera being in jail because he was associated with Bobby Heenan. Even though Bobby Heenan was in the WWF at the time, Ken Patera was in the AWA at the time, but because he had been associated with Bobby Heenan, it cost Ken Patera time in jail. That son of a bitch. Yes. So, uh, yeah, terrible angle, uh, terrible way to reintroduce Ken Patera back into the WWF. He got a semi-main event push only because he had been friends with Hogan in the AWA. He was actually on the very uh, first Survivors team, Survivor Series team with Hogan. Yeah. Um, and even though he was wrestling with a torn tricep, he had a huge brace on his arm. Uh, but yeah, that time in jail didn't really... Um, uh, was a terrible blow to Ken Patera's career. And we talked about the dark side of the ring earlier. Uh, if you ever see the, the tales of the territories and you hear Ken Patera tell the story, still an ornery, angry man, uh, denied any bitter. <laughs> denied any wrongdoing, claimed it was someone else. Uh, on this big, strong 18, you must have been 18, 19 year old kid just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. threw it through Somebody the window. Else. Yep. Yeah, that's what happened. Yep, that's <laughs> what happened. Yep, somebody else. But yeah, so badass, yes. Uh, Ken Vitera and Mr. Saido. Ken Vitera threw a rock through a McDonald's and uh, beat up five police officers. I mean, listen, uh, Akab, Ab, a cab. Ab, a cab. Uh, wouldn't buy a used car from him. But still, I mean, I would, you know, risk that for like Roy Rogers or Wendy's. Yeah. Certainly not a McDonald's burger. No. Every now and then McDonald's burger hits. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And I understand, yeah. I, I understand it's Waukesha. It's Waukesha in uh, 1985. What's there to do in Waukesha? Uh, the same thing there's to do anywhere else uh, in, in where I live. I almost gave that away and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing that was the only restaurant, quote unquote, restaurant for miles. So mm -hmm. I understand their frustration out of not being able to eat, especially when you're on the road and you are hungry, especially with those guys. Um, but that's just an example of Ken Patera's temper um, and the, I guess, and the frightening 
relatively few food options you have in Waukesha <laughs> after guess. midnight yeah. in 1985. I guess. Yeah. But Oops. that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. And Don't rush for badass fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I G E O N S. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Law 83, the H I C talk. Man, my hair is super curly today, and I love it. I wish there was more of it, but I mean, it's like mine. Yeah. yeah, it looks just like yours, Craig. Follow me on Twitter at Tamlaw83. The HIC talk. You have more of it. Uh, the HI, and you're older. That's why I'm like, nobody will believe you. Who's the 50? Who's how old are you? I'm 56 years old. Everybody will go, who's the 56 year old? It's the white guy. <laughs> Obviously. Duh. Uh, duh. HIC. Duh. I'm a fucking warlock. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Danlo83. I said that three times now. Craig Lagans, Craig Lagans, and the HIC Talk Radio Network is hictalkradio.com. All of the podcast apps, you will find it there. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, what have you? Grindr. It's all there. Search it. Grinder only dance. Uh, uh, and uh, you know what? You know where to find it. Please listen. Tell your friends for Craig Lagans. I am the above average comedian. Keep it on the paper. In the McDonald's.